Well, I'm walking back from the library. I just spent fucking two hours organizing and structuring my fucking um, grad, like all the schools I'm applying to grad school, like right by the road. I'm, about, I'm like literally right, like right behind my apartment complex. I just don't want to be late for the stream. That's that's dedication right there. If I had to say so myself, this. Are you wearing a suit jacket? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got a thousand, man. We got to bump up. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll put I'll put on the jacket when I, I get inside. I'm just right now cutting cutting by the. Let me see if I can flip my camera. Yeah, flip that. Uh, let, me, let me see how you how you do this. Oh, it kind of looks like Florida. So right now, this is my fraternity house. Oh, nice. Uh, like we're, we'll it's in. empty right oh. well it's indigenous people's day aka christopher columbus day so we have fall break right now and i can pop through if you want yes yeah, so there's no, not really anyone in town here i'll cut through the the fraternity <laughs> right here oh. One second. Frat houses don't have good internet connection. I know, I know. The frat house doesn't have any good. Well, for some reason, I think it's like fighting to to hop on like eight different Wi-Fi's. I'm like through the backyard now. Mm. Nice. Yeah, now there's the bar. Oh, rude. There's the fire. In the pit. Yeah, and then we walked through the backyard to my apartment. Nice. Too noisy. But we have boys who live like this apartment, this apartment, this apartment, this apartment. Oh. All my, like all, all four of those apartments. Our apartment complex. You know, honestly, you're pretty cutty, so I don't know. I I got a couple of those. No, you're good. It, it's fighting to get put on Wi-Fi. That's the problem. Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. No, my my shit's fighting. It was like fighting eight different Wi-Fi's to join. It didn't know if it should stay on data or Wi-Fi. We're literally pulling up. So I'm walking up to my apartment right as we speak. How was that? I'll put move? on the. What do you mean? With like the steps? Oh, you're on like the first floor, second floor. I'm on. I'm on the second floor. Not too bad. Nice. Um, plus, we have volunteers. Oh, yeah. You know, true. Yeah, free labor. <laughs> Alrighty. Woof, woof, woof. Woof. My dog's in the bedroom. but crib. That's a mouse. Sweet. Nice. Ooh. Here's my dog. Hey. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh, right on the You're, mouth. <laughs> yeah, she loves kisses. So you don't so like wipe that off. You just. She's got good breath. I brush her teeth like every rest day. Of day. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah, she's got good breath. Okay, I know you miss me, girl, but we gotta. We got to talk basketball, 
So as we hop in this, you know, that's it. That's playing basketball. I'm also sweating like a mug right now. Yeah, nice day here in the Midwest. I'm one second. Let me hop in. All right, I'll be back in two seconds. Ready? Three, two, one. Goodbye. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Why is my shit taking forever? Uh, here we go. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Jacksonville Show. Back. I'm in my bedroom here. Let's start this episode off right. I'm joined to my right, well, to my left, to your right, if you're watching. I'm here with Jackson Elstro. Now I need a, I need a. I'm sweating too hard, so you just can. I don't think the jacket's the move. You know, to be honest with you, I don't really like it. I'm sweating, dick. I could not put a jacket on right now. I'd fucking get that thing wetter than a girl on at senior week. I don't know where I was going with that, but you guys, you guys don't have senior week, so you're missing out on that reference. Yeah, I don't even go to college, little boy. Senior weeks for high school when you graduate high school. You go on a trip to the beach with your whole senior class and everyone does drugs for the first time who hasn't done drugs. And a bunch of girls get low and blow. Mm. I'm just kidding. But either way, let's get right into this. And we got some news. Okay. And this news is regarding a man named Jay Crowder. And guess what this news is about? Guess who has emerged as a suitor for Jay Crowder, and I don't know if you're a fan of this news, but you could be. I don't know, and we'll find out shortly. But this man, Jay Crowder, has been right now featured as a prominent trade partner or trade candidate for the Atlanta Hawks. So what do you think about this information that came out today? Shout out The Athletic for the information. But basically, they said that our man, Jay Crowder, has been the topic of discussion between the Phoenix Suns and the Atlanta Hawks. And I have said a deal, Landry Shamit and Jay Crowder for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Would you do that? Like, that's a deal I've floated out there. I think another deal I've seen is John Collins for Jay Crowder. I think it's Jay Crowder and either Dario Saric or whoever you want. You can put any combination for John Collins just because one might argue that that's a better fit. But basically the way it was framed by the athletic is that the reason they want to bring Crowder is for Trey Young, DeJounte Murray and John Collins to be this. And I think also Jay Crowder is the type of guy who could push DeAndre Hunter. So what's your thoughts? This guy averaged nine and a half points and five and a half rebounds last season for the Suns, who were eliminating the second round by the Dallas Mavericks. What's up, Rocket News? So, Chris, it's intriguing, but definitely don't give up John Collins for Jay Crowder. Definitely don't do that. I think the Bogdanovich trade is interesting, but... Does get rid of Ben scoring. Yeah, to me, Jake, I don't think it's worth it for Atlanta. I don't know what the asking price is, but... If, if Jay Crowder's on my basketball team, I want Jay Crowder starting. So would we go super small with John at the five? Well, then why would we have Capella and Onyeku? That's another deal I float out. Would you trade if, Ooh. like, trade Clint Capella for Landry Shamit, Tory Craig, and Jay Crowder maybe? I'd do or, that. I don't know if 
I don't know. Phoenix wants to do that. I don't know if they. The, but then to. they're paying two bigs. But Clint Capella's deal does expire, so you could argue maybe they do this for a season and then move on. But I think the most realistic is the Bogdan trade, and that's why I think you have to include Landry Shamit because Landry Shamit's shooting ability would help alleviate the loss of you know Bogey. Yeah, I'm not a big Shamit guy. I just I don't. If it happens, that'd be cool, but I don't. I don't know if if Phoenix really gains too much. So, like, if you did that Bogdanovich trade, who's who's your starting five? Your starting five would then be Dejounte Murray, Trey Young. Mm, you would assume that you probably would start Jay Crowder until DeAndre Hunter proves that you have to have Crowder come off the bench. So unless either Crowder or Hunter starts, doesn't matter. Hunter, you could maybe have him come off the bench for the start of the year. So you use trading for Crowder as a way to motivate and push DeAndre Hunter to play his best basketball. And then at that point, after a week or two or after 10, 10 or 15 games, you insert Hunter again in the starting lineup. But so it'd either be – it's basically John Collins and Clint Capello the front court. Young and Murray are the backcourt, and then it's either Crowder or Hunter at the at the wing at the three, and then that allows you to also go small with Collins, Hunter, Crowder, Murray, and Young. Yeah, that's not too bad. I think, I mean, Hunter's always been a starter in his brief tenure in the league. I, I just think Crowder's has to start, and I think Hunter has to start, and John Collins definitely has to start. So then I don't know. Maybe you go based on matchups. Yeah, I still hold the same thought. I mean, if it happens, cool. I think they would get better from that if they got rid of Bogdanovich for Jay Crowder. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not desperate to do this trade if I'm Atlanta. So for me, I think like the thing is, is if I'm Atlanta, I'm really trying to push either a. I'm really the only deal I'm presenting is a Bogdan trade. But besides that, yeah, I don't see anything else because the reason you do the Bogdan trade is yes, Landry Shamu, you would have to take on his contract, but by you know, with the way that with the salary cap, the way it's going is Landry Shamit's contract is gonna basically be a, a vet minimum in like two years, you know? So there's that that you know it's really exciting. I just think when you bring in a guy like Jay Crowder, and I didn't realize I accidentally closed this off, but when you look at a guy like Jay Crowder, okay. Jay Crowder is a guy, not only can he he hit shots, he's going to give you nine to 10 points at the very least every single night. That's the bare minimum. He's going to give you, you know, several rebounds a night. That's the bare minimum. He's going to be, you know, he can guard any guy on the court. He can guard some centers. He can guard some guards. Okay. He can guard the two, the three, the four easily. Okay. He's, you know, I'm not saying he's a one through five defender, but he can play multitude of positions and his versatility, especially with the way that's why I think click Compella and bought or Bogdan, whoever they do decide to give up is very, very worth it because the new Hawks, the new system is it's a lot more transition offense. It seems like a lot more transition defense. They're going to be moving the ball around, and it's more – I think it's better in their interest to have a guy, more two-way players, which they've spent this whole entire offseason going out and getting a two-way player. And, you know, Clint Capella and Bogdan are the two guys whose salaries work to trade for, you know, a package because there no picks need to be involved because Jay's an expiring contract. Landry Shamit, one might argue, is a negative 
value contract. This way you're able to go out and, you know, like free up some cap space, but also get more two-way players. Yeah. Any, any thoughts? Yeah. What are your arguments for or against? Get them to Dallas or Miami is my argument. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't – I don't know. I don't think they need Jay, but Jay definitely would help them out. I'm not really trying to acquire Landry Shamit, though. I know, but I just see Landry Shamit that way. If you say you'll take on Landry Shamit's contract, that way you don't have to, you know, give up any picks. And I don't think there should be any picks. I just think that's the way the money works if you include Bogdan or Clint. Yeah. All right. You're indifferent. Let's move on to another subject. There's a man. So, supposedly, there's a man on the West Coast. His contract is supposedly causing some friction with two players. And the other thing is that I want to bring up, people are bringing up the point is that another guy is going to need a contract. And we might see the end of these two cornerstones for the modern day dynasty that is the Golden State Warriors. So as you know, Jordan Poole is looking at least getting $135 million. He's getting at least the same contract RJ Barrett got. At first, I thought he was going to get Anthony Simons money, but it's seeming like that they're going to have to pay him, you know, RJ Barrett money. And supposedly since Jordan Poole was a rookie, he's always, you know, been chirping at the other guys. And there was a quote from Clay Thompson that Clay Thompson in Japan beat Jordan Poole in a three-point contest. And when asked how he felt, he was like, it felt good beating Jordan Poole because basically they were able to put Jordan Poole in his place. And it seems like Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, it's been alluded that Jordan Poole has a high – the Golden State Warriors view Jordan Poole more valuable than Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. And the guy that hasn't been mentioned over the last week or so with this whole entire Draymond Green, Jordan Poole fiasco, a man that is also contract ex- you know, extension eligible, eligible, has flown on their radar, and he's another guy that could also be, you know, prioritized over Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. It's looking, and it has been reported the other day, that Draymond Green is more likely to leave the Golden State Warriors over money due to the, and not rather than the incident that just recently happened. Meaning that the Golden State Warriors have also said, Joe Lutgub, that he is not going to pay for the team next year. Somebody is leaving. Andrew Wiggins needs a contract. Jordan Poole needs a contract. It's looking like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green might be on their way out because Draymond Green wants a max contract. Clay Thompson's being paid a shit ton of money. And if they keep Clay Thompson, they could go one more season, I believe, without it being over 400 million. But he basically said, Joe Lacob, he's not paying for another huge team over 400, over like what he's paid the past few seasons. So Draymond Green looks like – and Draymond Green, though, it's in his best interest to accept his player option because he'll make more money if he goes in as an unrestricted free agent than as a restricted free agent. So it's looking like Jordan Poole is causing – Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are going to get deals because they have to because they're the future, you know, if they want to keep this going. But it's looking like Draymond Green and Clay Thompson could be on their way out. What are your thoughts on this whole debacle? Hmm. I thought that Clay story was pretty interesting because that was 
kind of what we were talking about last Friday was seems like Jordan Poole really not he's it's not like I would go as far as he's full of himself, but he's very confident, a very confident fellow for very few accolades. I think dude, it's so tough because Jordan Poole is you can't let you can't lose Jordan Poole. If you have Jordan Poole, you can't let him leave. Andrew Wiggins is a little bit more expendable in my opinion but his playoff performance makes that extremely hard to do so you know I'm thinking like I mean there's some guys like Chris Middleton out there but all these guys are, are going to require some money do they let Wiggins walk pay Dre and Poole so that and they run three guards out there or you have Clay Thompson come off of the bench I still think what's up Andre Monday I still think that it's so going to be Dre. I think it's going to be Dre. So basically with this Warriors team, look, I think the reason why I think they choose to keep Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and let our man, you know, Draymond Green and potentially trade away Klay Thompson is they see Andrew Wiggins as the defensive guy who can replace Draymond Green slash Andre Iguodala. That's the, with what we saw from Andrew Wiggins in the playoffs – there's hope that he can be, you know, the defensive, like, cap, like, you know, the defensive leader of this team that replaces Draymond, and you could maybe even get him a little cheap. And, like, going into next year, they're going to be at $140 million before accepting all those contracts. So they're basically at, like, $167 million. You throw in another 30 they're at 197 So that – if Draymond Green accepts it, and that's if they don't. And they're going to have to basically – I think, look, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, if they move on from both of them, that's at least $70 million they can save. And that $70 million is what's going to cost Andrew Wiggins and, you know, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins combined, they're probably going to cost $70 million, like 35 each. Okay? And in, in a few years, those contracts will actually be good because the salary is going to go up and they're going to have to pay, you know – Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, a bunch of money, and James Wiseman as well. I just think it's in their best interest because Draymond Green, his trade value isn't high as Clay Thompson. Draymond Green, there's only a handful of teams that I think he could be just as good as he's been for the Warriors because you need a coach that knows how to correctly utilize him. Not saying that he would be bad. I just think if he isn't on the right in the right scheme, he won't be – as good as he can be because he won't be utilized correctly. While Clay Thompson, you can put him on any fucking team in the league and he'll just be as just as good. Clay Thompson seamlessly fits any roster in the NBA. You can't say the same with Draymond Green. That's why I think if they're going to extend Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, they're incentivized to trade Clay Thompson because they could probably get two to three first round picks. And Draymond Green, if they sign and traded him or whatever they do, if they let him walk, I could. I don't see more than one or two picks. And I know he's a future Hall of Famer. I know he's all that. It's just not every team knows how would be able to utilize him correctly. Thoughts? Skip. I did you watch? You saw? I know you saw Pool yesterday because your snap story. You like that? Did you like that? I said you. I said yeah. I did that. Well. I'll, I'll send it to myself and I'll show everyone before we end the segment. Nice. I think Draymond, did you notice how close Dre and LeBron became out of nowhere? 
I did. I think Dre's going to end up in Los Angeles, and I think that's one of the craziest things like of recent history in, in basketball. I mean, it would be cool, dude. I think – who does Golden State receive back if Dre – or does he leave after the season? The thing is this. I like Andrew Wiggins. I like Jordan Poole, but are they going to win a championship? Draymond Green off your team? No. Is Clay Thompson and Draymond Green off your team? Definitely not. I don't care how good you are, Jordan. I don't care how good you are, Andrew. The Golden State Warriors are not winning a championship at this current point in time if you get rid of Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. I don't care who you're getting back. That big three is so special. The culture is so special. The selflessness is so special. It's such a special dynasty, and all good things must come to an end. So I have big concerns. Is Andrew Wiggins ready to take that? That I mean, Dre offers so much energy. He's just like that. He's that X factor on your basketball team. Not only does he do everything on the defensive end, he keeps your offense moving offensively, but he's also your leader. Steph Curry isn't the leader of the Golden State Warriors. I'll tell you that. He's going to have to start continuing to become like we did last season. We saw Steph take more of a leadership role, more of a vocal role, especially in the absence of Klay Thompson. But the, the Warriors, I haven't seen enough from Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, especially Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, in order for me to believe that they'll be still the best team in the West or they'll still be finals contenders. They'll be contenders because if you're trading Clay Andre, you'll get something back. But I don't know, man. I, I don't – unless you're like – this is just pure off the dome. Like if you did a trade like Clay and Andre for Anthony Davis, I still don't think they won a championship. So I'm doing everything I can to please everybody. It's not that Jordan Poole Andrew Wiggins won't be able to win a championship. I just like Dre does so much for the Golden State Warriors that I don't think people really understand. So I think Dre so, will be in LA or Detroit in a year. I, I agree that Dre's gone. And it's not even I'm not going like maybe he, he is BFFs with LeBron. I'm so sorry. He, they are BFFs. They've I know, I know. BFFs out of nowhere. Well, it's because they're business partners. They became because they invested in multiple businesses together. So LeBron James and Draymond Green forged a friendship through business ventures. And supposedly they every every few months they join more and more. And they're like very, very freaking close. And Draymond Green, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Draymond Green has came out and said he wants a max contract. He's not taking anything less. He does not care. He does not care about giving a hometown discount, et cetera, et cetera. He is wanting as much money. He's been underpaid for majority of his career. He hasn't had a match contract. He's a guy who wants as much money because he knows his game. You know, he's not going to probably play till he's 40, you know, and this is probably the last paycheck he can get. So with that being said, I just think, yes, Draymond Green is the heart and soul of that culture, but you did make a good point. Steph Curry has slowly morphed into the true leader of this team. It used to be the heart and soul, the, the heartbeat of this team was Draymond Green. But one might argue that this past season, the heartbeat of this team was Steph Curry. Steph Curry is what motivated people. When Steph Curry put those pink, purple shoes on, everybody felt it. And another thing Andre Taylor just said, Draymond also just signed with Clutch Agency, which everyone knows is linked to LeBron. So right there. And he is wanting the max contract. 
Clay Thompson, I don't know who his agent is. If anyone can let me know what who his agent is. Clay Thompson, if you had to say, could Clay Thompson maybe say, hey, I'll rework my deal, add, add a few more years to it, I'll take less money, but let, extend me, I'll lower my cap hit of 43 million and then we'll just pay me in the back and you know in the back like back load it you know what i'm saying i could see clay thompson doing that i could see clay doing that that's something i could see clay that's the type of guy clay is yeah okay but at the same time i could see the warriors are like if wiggins continues to impress obviously they're gonna resign pool i just think they're just like look we could get two to three first round picks for clay thompson that way if james wiseman moody or somebody doesn't work out we got a few picks in the back burner to either trade for somebody or to draft somebody. And I just think people aren't considering the fact that they are trying to usher in the new era sooner rather than later. So I want to one last point here is that Draymond with clutch is just brutal. Once again, like if Draymond Green actually joins LeBron, I mean, LeBron is – I already know LeBron's the smartest player in the NBA right now, but if he gets Draymond Green onto his basketball team, I mean, it's not even a question. LeBron James plays these – he plays these games of chess that last years and years and years, and he's just so smart. Everything he does is so deliberate, and, you know, he's definitely got a plan. My thing with Draymond Green, I don't know if he necessarily realizes this. One quick point out, two out of the last three years, Draymond Green's gotten injured. So – 33 in March, I don't think basketball player, I don't think Draymond Green maybe realizes you don't get paid when you're getting a new contract. You don't get paid based on what you've done. You get paid on based your projections, what you're going to offer, what you're going to do after you get that contract for the duration of that contract. Draymond Green for four years when he turns 37 will not be, I could be completely wrong, but I've only seen maybe LeBron James be able to do this. There's no way Draymond Green will still be depoy type of guy. You know, he's not going to be the same Draymond Green in four years. So why would I pay you a max contract when I know you're falling off? You have been falling off. Dre is still the heart and soul of this basketball team. But, like, I'm not paying you based on what you've done in your career. I don't care if you've been with us for the whole your whole career. This was a problem you should have figured out before you signed your last contract. You should have done this before you signed the last one. So, no, I'm not maxing Draymond Green. I don't care if I'm the Detroit Pistons. I don't care if I'm Los Angeles Lakers. Nobody's maxing out Draymond Green. I don't think he realizes that. I could be wrong. Maybe a team does. Maybe everyone's waiting to max Draymond Green. I think any team that maxes Draymond Green's idiotic. So, we'll see how this situation unravels. It's getting juicy, and I love juice. So, So I yeah I mean, it's just all interesting. I still think the Warriors are going to be the Warriors, but I do think there is something to pay attention to. Now let's move on to the next segment. And before we do, there oh fuck, that is so loud. I wanted to. So if you guys watched last night, Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole stole my move. So I just want to show this because I thought it was you funny. got that Luka Doncic speed in this video. Me, I did go slow. I wasn't going. Slow. <laughs> I let me tell you. Let me tell you. I. I uh, I also do play like kind of my offense is slow and I've also realized it's like I do play like at like a slow so pace. European I do play very European. Let's hear this. I'm so mad that right dribble went too steal, high. Steal blocked. Not blocked. <laughs> but. 
No, but right here, right here on the right, when I crossed over right here, it went too high. Should yeah. Have, what should have had it tighter. Got mad. I was re-watching this. I was mad. That's too loose. Too loose. <laughs> right there. And then I tried. But no, I've like I do move out there, but like, yeah, no, I this is literally me sometimes, dude. I'll like do be doing zigzags and I'll just think I'm like, are people just thinking like, what the fuck is this kid doing? I'll literally just do zigzags or I'll just do the same move. Like, like I did this maybe four or five times before I had started, but like, just cause I don't I think any, sure. I don't think any hooper would, would be judging you. Uh, like, I don't think any hoopers judge me, but I think there's people at the gym who don't, there's like a, there, there's weird groups of people that like come play basketball. There's Most like the people in the world are weird. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Completely. Who cares? I don't care. I don't care what people think of me. Like that's the least of my concerns. I don't have shame. I don't have embarrassment. But what I'm saying is, I'm there at like nine in the morning, just or like seven in the morning, just playing basketball for like two hours. Like no one else is playing. Did you see how dead the courts were? No yeah. one else is there. I'm just fucking putting in work. Like sometimes I'll have two balls and I'll just be dribbling both hands, or I'll do zigzags up and down the court. And I'm like, this is seven in the morning. Like you think somebody's just walking to the, the weight equipment and be like, what is this kid training for? That's dedication right there for the team, for the league, bro. This is- I do my my dream is to get good enough to try out for Argentina or like Yugoslavia. Oh, no, three v three, three v three, three v three. They just added to an Olympic sport. Three v three jam. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Right. I want to do it for because I could play for like Montenegro, Serbia, Basque country. I'm gonna just try for some shit country and just be like, hell yeah. But either way. Let's move on to guess who was named the starting small forward for the Portland Trail Blazers. Hard. Hard. Yeah, I have a big heart for Crash Hard. But no, so <laughs> I think it's actually pretty dope. I think Josh Hart's a cool ass guy. And I originally said Josh Hart should be the starter, but I'll admit I was I succumb circum to a bunch of Portland Trail Blazers fans who were like, Now we need a start. Nazir Little. Nazir Little's got like a seven foot plus wingspan. Nazir Little's an athletic freak. So we're going to start Nazir Little because, you know, he's going into the fourth year of his, his third year or fourth year. I don't even know, but the North Carolina man. And I said, you know what? You kind of, you kind of convinced me that Nazir Little should be the guy. But what I've realized is, but I, oh, and like I thought of it a good, good idea because Anthony Simons is probably starting and Josh Hart can score. But now I think of it, we've talked about this. Anthony Simons is probably starting for two to five minutes and then running to the bench. And I think Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Gary Payton II gives them three guys that just shore up the perimeter and, you know, can get, gives them a lot of two-way ability. I think this team is really looking at two-way, two-way, two-way. And I know Nazir Little, in theory, has two-way ability. It's just the offensive mm-hmm. game is nowhere near – yeah, the offensive game Josh Hart has shown. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping Nazir takes that jump here because he shot 33% from downtown. I, I actually just made a Blazers video right before I went live to talk about this a little bit more. Josh Hart, I think when we're looking at the Blazers and I'm making my starting lineup because I was I was coming around. I think I was giving you Nazir a little propaganda as far as him starting as well. But you know, looking at it, I think. If I'm a coach, right, I'm trying to put the best five guys in my starting lineup. So yeah. this makes sense. I think that I think the the Blazers' defense will be much improved. I need them to be a top twenty at least defensive team. That's where my only issues 
rely. I read an article on The Athletic that predicted them in the 11th seed at 36-46. I think that's ridiculous. I think several injuries would have to occur. When we look at the Blazers starting lineup, quick, fun question for you. Who do you think has the longest wingspan on the Blazers' top five? Like out of Jeremy Grant, Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, and Anthony Simons. Simons and yeah. Okay, the the right an- the the answer that I want to say is Jeremy Grant, but I feel like because you're asking me, it's Anthony Simons. No, Anthony Simons, just like Josh Hart, they actually have six nine wingspans, which is wait wait Anthony Simons six three with a six nine wingspan span and just sucks at defense. I okay. don't like that word, but yeah. Okay. Jeremy Grant was the correct answer. 7-3 wingspan, Jeremy Grant. So I really like the switchability with Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant. And I also like that Jeremy Grant is such a versatile defender where he can also switch on to guards. You also have Gary Payton, who shot 36% from downtown last season, which blew my mind. He's a career 32% three-point shooter, shot 36 from downtown last year. I think he's closer to 34%, but like I think 36 is asking for a lot. I think if you can shoot 34, it's good, but continue. 100%, 100% yeah. I'm just that It just blew my mind that Gary Payton shot 36% from downtown last season because that was like the one – height is the main nitpick, but that was like the other nitpick. So – I just like the versatility that they've brought in on defense. And I think that – have you been watching uh, Olivier Saar as well? The Frenchman from Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, my God. Olivier Saar, he played for the Thunder last year. Yes, I'm well aware. I also think he played for the Orlando Magic a little bit. And – go. He's seven feet, and he shot 46% from downtown. And two nights ago against the Sacramento Kings in preseason off the bench in like 20 minutes, he had four blocks. So, yeah, I mean, I love this Portland Trail Blazers team, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. What's up, Aaron? What's up, he didn't play for the Orlando. He did not play for the Orlando Magic. It was only OKC, and then he played for Portland. But yeah, this guy played for Wake Forest, and then he played for Kentucky. Not the, I don't know. And. He was a guy that in his last year in college, I know limited attempts from three, shot 44%. And his father played professionally in France. His brother played for Real Madrid at a youth level. He comes from a basketball lineage. And Oliver Sarr is 23 years old. He and The real reason is the why he was undrafted coming out of college is because he played four years. And we, you didn't 100% know what he was. Like, he's always shown to be, be a decent rim protector, but he was never the strongest rebounder. And, you know, that's still a question with the rebounding. But I do very much like Oliver Sar, And I don't think he's going to, you know, he'll back up Drew Eubanks. They need a third big man. But Drew Eubanks yeah. basically averaged a double-double. Drew Eubanks has got that backup job under loss. They gave him a multi-year contract. Does. Yeah, I – they gave him a multi-year deal, you know. Drew Eubanks I, can't protect my rim, and he can't play defense enough for me. So I think that Sar will, yeah, not be ahead of Eubanks necessarily, but I still think you're going to give him 15 if he's playing like how he is right now, which would be really good for Sar, and he can work his way up. I know I'm just he, saying as far because I don't like Nurkic on the defensive end. I think he's soft at times, and I think he's very exposable, just like Nikola Jokic in the in the playoffs. So I'm yeah. glad that they have the versatility as far as. Echoes. I just want to say Drew Eubanks, okay, with and what Drew Eubanks is with the Portland Trailblazers was not that bad. I'd like to say, okay, and he's can actually play defense. He was a guy who was averaging a you know a 
I know he wasn't averaging a block game, but about a steal game. I know he's not protecting the rim, but he's going to come out there and hit threes for you. And I know it's not a great clip, but he'll shoot one or two threes. I think Oliver Saar could push Drew Eubanks and make him expendable. I'm just biased on Drew Eubanks because I've just seen him develop. But I think the real thing with Josh Hart is Josh Hart being the starting lineup proves the point that Anthony Simons is still going to technically be the sixth man because he's probably going to play two five minutes and come off. Like, Because I think the floor – is Anthony Simon's floor is what he is right now, a 17 points per game secondary score that, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to pl- make him play some point and have Damian Lillard play some off ball shooting or, and to keep up the efficiency and preserve his body more that way. Yeah. And I also could see him like developing into a better version of CJ McCollum as a better three point shooter and a slasher with less of a mid range. Like, don't get me wrong, CJ's awesome, but the one thing that CJ's, if his mid-range ain't hitting, it's not the best. Now, his ceiling's an all-star, borderline all-NBA player. I don't think he'll ever be an MVP or an all-star, but I could see him going on to a third-team all-NBA and being a guy who could average 30 points per game. I mean, this guy was one of the first guys to come out directly from high school since, like, Jermaine O'Neal, and he's only 22 years old heading into, what, his fifth season in the NBA? So, he four, could – yeah, same tomato, tomato, sorry. It's his fourth season? Oh, I'll stat check it right on. First season. Fourth season? Fifth season, you're right. Fifth, yeah, fifth season, yeah. because It's, it's unreal. Said, what, me? <laughs> yeah, you too, but that's crazy. Bernie <laughs> Simons is 22 entering his fifth year. Yeah, because he, he went from IMG. He went to Edgewater High School. Then he went to, you know – Shadon Sharp didn't play in college. He's a bust. Shadon Sharp didn't play in college, so he's a bust. Well, like if I, well, I don't get this. I don't. Well, well this is something that I don't understand. Is Shadon Sharp was still a lottery pick. Anthony Simons was actually a. So he was originally going to go to Louisville, but then that whole scandal happened, and then he decided to go. But and Anthony Simons was like the tenth, like top ten, number ten in his class. 10 and 9 was where he was ranked by the three places. And one may argue that Anthony Simons' first two seasons was kind of like, uh, and he was taking 24th overall, and you were just sitting there like, oh, is Anthony Simons, like, ready? But then he, in his third year, you, you started to see him play. He actually played less minutes than his second year, and you're like, okay, Anthony Simons, like, okay, okay. Like, you're, you're starting to figure it out. And then this year, as soon as – you know, like we started to see it when Dame was healthy, but then as soon as Dame got hurt, it was just like it was the Anthony Simon show. He dropped that 43 points with nine three pointers and that 136 to 131 win over the Hawks. That was fucking legit. Yep. He's ready. He had a pool esque ascension that nobody really talks about except for Blazer fans. Yeah, no, no I agree. And I think I've said it all offseason. I thought Jordan Poole was going to get Anthony Simon's money or. You know, but it's or Jalen Brunson money, but now it's seeing like you might get RJ Barrett money, which is unreal. Shout out to all 13 people watching, and we appreciate it. But one case, we, yeah, appreciate it for 1,000 subscribers on this collaborative channel. And yeah, so it means the world. Want to move subjects, switch subjects? Guess, guess who's uh, on the radar for the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, Faku Campazo, Facundo Campazo. My cousin's name is Facundo, if you didn't know that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Facu. I only know this because I think it's on the ticker. It is on the ticker. I also made a video, so you might have seen it. Oh. Facundo, not like you've seen, like I watched the video, but you might have seen it on YouTube. I watched you know? your Blazer video today. Really? No one really watched that one. But. They'll come. 
Fuck them, yeah, they'll come. No, they'll come. No, don't fuck Blazer fans. They're really cool. They'll come. They just got to find it in the logo. Yeah, so let's go right here and let's talk about it. So Facundo Compazzo, as you guys know, spent the last two years with the Denver Nuggets, and then the Denver Nuggets didn't bring him back because he was kind of more of a Tim Conley favorite, but as well as they were just moving forward with Bones Highland, the Argentine native, the guy who's considered one of the better point guards in Real Madrid history. Followed Pablo Prigioni, that in similar fashion, Pablo Prigioni played a majority of his career in Europe, and then he decided at the very end he wanted to try the NBA at 36 years old. So, you know, when he was after what he played like four or five years in the NBA at like 36, and yeah, he played four years, okay, four, five years, five years, my four years or five years, I don't even know, four years. And I think. Like, when you look at Facundo Compasso, I'm a big fan of his. Maybe it's biased because yo soy un argentino también y me encanta mirar los otros argentinos. Sí, sí. Sí, sí. Puedes hablar. That's how we laugh. You know that, right? That's how, like, Hispanic. I type my, I text my mom that. Ja, 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 ja. So the, the Dallas Mavericks are considering signing for Kinder Capazzo. The point guard is currently an unrestricted free agent after the Denver Nuggets did not tender a qualifying offer towards him this past summer. Despite being cut by not, – not being cut, but being let to walk by the Denver Nuggets – Facundo Campazzo has continually said he plans to play in the NBA next season. The veteran point guard does have outstanding offers from European clubs such as Real Madrid if a NBA opportunity does not materialize. As you guys know, Facundo Campazzo, it, like, like, he's good, okay? Campazzo is good. And I will continue to fight and beat that drum. Like, Campazzo is a guy that, like, literally in Real Madrid – I know he's never been over a 10 points per game to score, but he's a guy who's dropped, you know, seven assists a game, two steals, nine points, shooting like, you know, about 40%, 39% from the field and like 36, 37% from three. But he's still a dog and a guy that people should look. In his two seasons with the Nuggets, he appeared in 130 games, 23 of those being starts, averaging 5.6 points, three and a half rebounds, 1.1 steals in about 20 minutes a night. All right, that's not bad. That's quality backup point guards. Good, yeah. And – for a team, I say like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Get him, yes. Yeah, don't you agree, T Wolves? Yes. I would love they for need the that dude. to get him. I have concerns about the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll talk about that at a different time, but that's a that that's a really good idea because then then they would have Jordan McLaughlin, D'Lo, and Composo, and you know he's and Austin Rivers. I just yeah, I think the the Bev loss was huge. That, that they need somebody else. I could I also. Know. You know, another team I could see the Boston Celtics. He, I, they need more big men help. But yeah, if, I don't... if their point guards struggle, or if they, you know, Brogdon or somebody gets hurt, or Smart gets hurt, Composo yeah. could be good. Shout out to all sixteen people watching. Thank you. Yeah. We just hit one k. Like subscribe. But the thing is with Composo, I could see any any contending team, like even even like Golden State Warriors or. You know, Clippers or the Lakers, these are all teams that if they, they don't believe in their point guard depth, this is a guy that I'm not saying he should be your primary backup point guard, but if you don't like, if you feel like you rather have a point guard by committee, like backing up your primary guards, Facundo Composito could be your third, is like the perfect third point guard or like a guy who could play 10 to 15 minutes and I can give you a quality, like, you know, boost. Like if Monte Morris 
And, you know, they don't really have a backup point guard there besides the long right. So if Monte Morris or the long right struggles, Washington, you got Facundo Cabazzo. Even the Knicks, if they need some defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Bulls? a lot of those ideas. Yeah, I, I like a lot of those ideas. I don't think it'll, you know, Lakers have four guards. The I know. I Yeah, so I get what you're saying. I it's think, more injury. I think Dallas should definitely make this call. Uh, we got some, you know, Aaron saying they're playing. Andre saying, I think they're going to be hurting. So Jason Kidd will get really creative with this starting lineup. I've been watching a lot of their preseason games. I've been watching a lot of the Mavs film from previous seasons, and it has me back on the Mavs train. I mean, that's how good Luka Doncic is. Unless you like genuinely are just consistently watching Luka Doncic, it's hard to even fathom what he does for your team. I think that Dallas, you know, like put Reggie on the bench. I then when he's a starting guy, he's still going to get 30 a night and he's still probably going to close games. But un unless you have a like solidified backup point guard, they don't have a better option. Look at so, this one. Facun Capazzo to the heat. Gabe Vincent, Compazzo backing up Kyle Lowry. I kind of fuck with that. Yeah, that works. I just – I think that Dallas really needs another guard. I, I really like the way Jaden Hardy looks in, in preseason, but he's still very raw. You can tell he's still very raw. So Yeah. Same I thing like, with McKinley Wright. McKinley Wright looks yeah, good at all. Raw, but yeah. I just think Facundo Campazzo gives them – he knows how to run the offensive schemes that they're going to demand. He knows how to play with a European point guard like Luka Doncic to the point where Luka, if you put Facundo Campazzo in the game, you can tell Luka, hey, you can play off ball. We'll just have Faku bring up the ball. You play more of an off ball role, which will allow him. And then that also allows you to put Luka Doncic on defense on – you know, instead of a play, guarding the opposing guards, which have the first step on him, you can hide Luca on the worst offensive player, you know, easier with Faku on the court. I just think Faku, great fit in Dallas. They love Europeans. If, they, if he goes to Dallas, I'll buy myself a Facundo Composite jersey and wear it. Nice. Oh, yeah. But I think this is a good fit. It just screams Dallas. And we saw J.J. Barea stay there. Maybe, you know, Facundo Capazzo, he's only, what, 34 years old, I think it is? 31. He's only 31. What if Facundo Capazzo signs a deal, ends up playing the next five years in Dallas, okay? J.J. Barea played there till he was, like, 39, I feel like. Okay? And he also owns LeBron James. Yeah. And that's the thing. All right, look at this. Two years ago was last year they, you know, our man – J.J. Barea was there, and he – Two saw, years ago? Yeah, two years ago was when J.J. Barea last played at thir at 36. And he came back. He left Dallas, played three years in Minnesota, came back. At, guess what age he came back to Dallas, J.J. Barea? 38. 31 years old, played five years. <laughs> Same age as Facundo. What if oh, okay. Facundo composes the next J.J. Barea? Sign Facundo to a five-year – Minimum contract, a five-year, five million dollar contract. He'll love it. That's enough money for you know. You could give any Argentine five million. Uh, I can make jokes about Argentina, but it was a low-hanging fruit about Argentina being a poor country. But fuck, fuck the Kishners. If you guys understand Argentine politics, they should have let left Macri in charge. Fuck Peron, Peronism, Peronism. This is not political yeah, show. I got nothing for you. Yeah, you don't know anything about Argentine politics, but it's fucked. I know too much about Argentinian politics, and I don't want to get into it because it'll piss me off too much. <laughs> I'm so fucking – Oh, all right. Let's move into another segment right here, and let's find some news to talk about. 
with you lovely people. Thank you for everyone making this show enjoyable today. Shout out to our boy Andre for talking here, as well as Aaron. Aaron, the Heat need to get in on that Jay Crowder stuff. I do agree. Mute the bozo. Bozo. Mute that bozo. Uh, I thought mute the bozo was the thing, but mute that bozo. First off, I don't even know if Julian Newman could play. I think I could beat Julian Newman. Just a in couple ice-cold takes in this chat. <laughs> there are some ice-cold takes in this chat. I think That's I think Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie should come off the bench. I think their best lineup would be Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Luka Doncic, and I guess it would be at center. I don't even – Christian Wood or JaVale McGee. Yeah, that, JaVale's like, looking good and starting right now, but you know he's still getting subbed out quickly as he should. If they start Spencer Didwitty, it's because they believe that Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be a sixth man, which he can. But I, I feel like if they can have Spencer Didwitty be the backup for Luca, that way they can run Bullock, Finney, and Tim Hardaway in the starting lineup, two through four. And then you run Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Powell as the center rotation. And then you move in Davis Bertans, Maxi Kleba, Spencer Didwitty, Josh Green off the bench. But I like that. And look. Okay, yeah, I mean, Composo, Composo, the thing is, is he'll have some cold, like, shooting. It's just shooting-wise is, like, some cold stuff. But let's move on from that. I think we're done with Composo. I wanted to see if there was any other news for us to discuss, but I think we did a good job of running through everything today. And, oh, let's talk about some news that just dropped about the new starting center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, my Damian God. Damian Jones? Can I get a drum roll, please? Drum roll. All right. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's still building. It's still building. Tim is coming off. Man. Huh? Or was it Dorian? It's definitely coming. Yeah. Yeah. Tim missed half the year last year. Yeah. Uh, it better be Anthony Davis, but. Also, the 76ers wave Mac McClung. I didn't know they picked him up. Okay. Nor did no, I, dude. I drove it before. I. We already know this. So it has been announced that our man, Anthony Davis, is strongly considered the starting center at the five for the Lakers, is on the table and under heavy consideration. Anthony Davis said it's difficult to dribble in practice when Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder are on the floor, given the constant ball pressure up and down the floor. And a supposedly AD at center position – Darvin Ham said this, quote, it allows us to play free offensively, but demands a certain level defensively. The flow we have offensively and the freedom we have is second to numb. Guys get to play. And when you're free to play on the offensive end, you kind of go harder on the defensive end. And I think it's interesting as all hell. And due to the fact that, like, we've said it for a while, Anthony Davis can't shoot the basketball. So let's go. Well, well, this preseason would argue that. Celtics also waived Luka Shamincha. Fuck. Just lost the house. I know. But let's go. Let me hear. What oh, do you think? Do you... How, what do I think? You want to so know what, what I think? think? Yeah. Uh, you want to get in a quick little debate here? Do they sign Matt McClung for one day and waive them? <laughs> deserves better. You want to get in a quick debate? Yeah, let's go on a debate. I'll ask you a quick question. Uh, who would you rather have on your basketball team? And there's a correct answer, by the way. It's uh, Anthony Davis or back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic. Oh, Nikola Jokic. Oh, Anthony okay. Davis. So I mean, why? Nikola Jokic raises everybody around him 
around him. You could put scrubs around there, and offensively, every single player in that starting lineup would have a career year because of Nikola Jokic. If you put Anthony Davis out there, he's not raising the floor offensively for the team. He will raise the team's win total because he'll carry to a few wins. Nikola Jokic raises the floor of his teammates and raises the team as a whole. He has a better impact. And I think Nikola Jokic is the true two-way player. He's a three-level scorer. He can score on any f- part of the floor. He has proven to be a plus defender. And argue, and I think availability is the best ability. So That's a fair point. That's a fair counter-argument. Well, I'll say this. Let's go back to Anthony Davis's uh, championship season. 26 points, 33% from downtown, 9.3 rebounds, Underrated passer, by the way, 3.2 assists, one and a half blocks, 2.3 blocks, or 1.5 steals, 2.3 blocks. There is no way. Anthony Davis is, first off, Nikola Jokic is, at, he's at being generous, I think he's an average defender. Nikola Jokic's offense to me is not better than. I better think, not say I better off, than. I think offensively speaking, a healthy both players, Anthony Davis, his offense might be just slightly below Nikola Jokic's scoring ability. The passing is the good counter argument, but defensively, Anthony Davis is worlds behind Nikola Jokic. So, Anthony Davis, healthy on Los Angeles Lakers, that's finals team. I don't care who's, on, I don't care if Pat Bev, Russell Westbrook, and Dennis Schroeder are out there on the same court with LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You got healthy Anthony Davis, you got one of the best players in the league. So, Okay. I feel very good about the Los Angeles Lakers. And to open up the preseason, Anthony Davis went a very comfortable and actually very efficient two or four from downtown. So the last time, you know, Anthony Davis played over 60 games, he won a national, a non-national championship. He won the NBA championship. Now, the last time Anthony Davis played more than 70 games was the two years he averaged 28 points. And it's the last, like, look, we haven't seen the dominant Anthony Davis of the Pelicans. Even in his first year, yes, he was really good with the Lakers, but people forget he has an average of double-double. Back when AD was on, like AD still averages a career double-double, but people forget there was a six-year span where AD was averaging 20, like 25, 26, and 11, okay? And we haven't seen that guy. He was dishing out four. Like the best, best version, uh, arguably, of – Andy Davis we saw was between 2017 and 2018 where he basically averaged in those two seasons 27 points okay while shooting 52 percent from the field 34 percent from three 12 boards a night four assists 1.6 steals and 2.5 blocks per game all right he hasn't been anywhere near that all right we're seeing a guy basically dishing out four assists a night two blocks two steals grabbing 12 boards dropping almost 30 points a night He's barely been like a 20-point scorer the past few years. I know it's not barely been, but you get what I'm saying. It's like, let's – like, where is it, Anthony Davis? You used well, to I'll, be – like, I'll he, tell you exactly where. He used to be – I think he used to be just under Nikola Jokic. Now he's a full tier below. Okay. With the rebounding comment, who was on the Los Angeles Lakers in – not last season, the two years before that? Well, I'll tell you. Trez, Marcus Saul, JaVale McGee. Trez is Dwight not a rebounder. Howard. You mean Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, even more. like That's what I'm they, saying, yes. I agree Anthony Davis yes, was yes. a power forward. He's a power yes, forward yes, averaging yes. almost 10. He's 0. .7 ticks below averaging a double-double. So screw you. 
Anthony Davis is back. He's healthy. His wrist is cleared. He'll be a 34% three-point shooter at the minimum. He's given me over two blocks a night. He's given me 25 points. He's given me nine-ish rebounds. And you should be scared. You should be scared. Who should be scared? You should be scared. I do like the idea of an Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dennis Schroeder, Pat Bev, and Russell Westbrook. Just kidding. I thought I could say that with a straight face. But Anthony Davis, I believe LeBron James, maybe Troy Brown Jr. or Austin Reeves, Russell Westbrook, and Pat Bev could be a good you know thing. And then Dennis Schroeder is the sixth man. They but need wings so desperately. They do. Now let's move over to Jackson and I's favorite way to end the yes. show. And that is with a good old game of burn. All righty. Here we are, guys. If you guys don't know how we play, comment down below. Okay. Who do you think the player is? And let's see who gets it first. So right here Current we get talent. I think this is Clint Capella. God, I just knew by the shape of his head. How how mad are you? I plead the fifth. You you hate me, right? Yeah, this is actually my last show. Sorry. He's actually gonna go kill himself because he's a fucking pussy. We need to start creating a tally now that the season's starting. Let's create the tally now. You're up one zero. One second, one second. My dog's chewing on something. Oh. Fucking piece of paper. This is so gross. You ripped that out of her fucking mouth. You find any more, you fucking cunt? Dude, she's literally laid behind me. I don't even know how to explain this. But, like, let me get up. Let me get up. This is kind of cute, but, like. I'm sorry, girl. Uh, she just left. She literally just sat behind me wholesale. You want to come up? Come up. Come up. Are you wearing jeans? No, I'm wearing pajama pants. Come up. We did this wanna, yesterday. Come I up. I want to bring back the jeans, just normal shirt, and belt tucked in. Ugh. Our most reoccurring guest. <laughs> <laughs> she just she she could not look chair. at Clint Capella. Shoot, shoot, but damn. All right. You got any uh, other things you want to talk to about before we wrap up today's episode? My I final thought- comment is Anthony Davis is more valuable than Nicole Jokic on a championship roster, and you'll see this season. Okay, okay. Let's let's end the show right here on this. So comment down below. Who do yeah, you Nicole think Jokic is- has never had enough help, and that's why he struggles so much on defense because he's never had enough help. Shut up. All right, I want to hear down below, who do you think is the better player, Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic, okay? And who would you say has a bigger impact on their team? I want to hear your thoughts down below. This could be later. But right here, we have Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis next to each other. Why does Anthony Davis look taller than Nikola Jokic? He is. But the thing is, is I will go with – the fact that Anthony, a fully healthy Anthony Davis is better defensively than Nikola Jokic, but Nikola Jokic is still a plus defender. I don't think Anthony Davis raises his teammates' ability. Like, Nikola Jokic is like Tom Brady. 
When Tom Brady comes into town, when Jokic, the Joker, comes into town, everybody gets better. Everybody's playing better. Anthony Davis is like, you know, Matthew Stafford. Oh, so wait, who do you – okay, so he still has a ring. So, yeah, he still has a ring. Davis is like Matthew Stafford. First year he comes into L.A., it's all boom, glamour, throwing touchdowns, scoring, wins a championship, okay? And then it's injuries. Look at this. Matthew Stafford kind of this year. And then you got Nikolai Jokic over here. I'm saying fully healthy. I'm saying fully healthy. This is a hypothetical fully healthy debate here. And I will go as far to say I forgot. I must have. I do have memory issues. I must have very severe long-term issues because I forgot about all the rings Nikola Jokic has won as opposed to Anthony Davis. So I just don't think – I don't think – Nikola Jokic is – there's no way Nikola Jokic's offense is that much better than Anthony Davis's offense because Anthony Davis is still a great offensive player. But right, you ready? use a counter-argument that Nikola Jokic is still a solid defensive player. All right, you ready to go? You want to see something? All right, so what is do you it, think? Is it the last two playoff runs? Are we watching Nikola Jokic's game film? Because that's what I would love to do. So Anthony Davis's Hall of Fame probability, according to basketball reference right now, is 0.9851. What do you think Nikola Jokic's is? Holy shit! Nine. No, 0.4373. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm right. Per How the way, fuck is Anthony cool. Davis more of a Hall of Fame percentage? Has a higher Hall of Fame you, percentage? Do you want? Do you want the answer? Hold on. I'll yeah, get, you I'll fucking cunt. Right I'll get the answer right here. Why is Nikola Jokic not as high Hall of Fame probability? Right here. Here's your answer. Bang, bang. Oh, how's that? How's that? What's on my finger right now? All right, this show has ended today, and we're just going to go. So I hope you guys did enjoy. But this is, this is, That's a ring, baby. That's a ring. Here, This is Nicole Jokic's hand. This is Anthony Davis' hand. Nicole Jokic, Anthony Davis. Nicole Jokic, Anthony Davis. Clip that. All right. All right. So let me hear your thoughts down below. Everyone's oh, saying bubble ring. Get out of here. Los Angeles Clippers don't even want to play basketball. If anything, that bubble ring is even more impressive. Hopefully this is a clip, so I want to hear closing arguments. Who's better, Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic? That actually could be a good clip. That whole it's thing. Anthony Davis. All right. So as we wrap up today's episode, it is Monday, October 10th. I actually will be here all Wednesday. Look at that. Nice. And I know. Uh, happy Indigenous Peoples Day, a.k.a. Happy Christopher Columbus Day if you're racist. Just kidding. Uh, somebody would be like – like, you can't call it Christopher Columbus Day anymore, okay? And if you say it's Christopher Columbus Day, you're racist towards indigenous people. Just like, I didn't even know. I tried going to the post, of, post office today. Closed. Uh, yeah, I had no idea it was that day today. Nor did I. So, hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I got to go do some stuff. Uh, and actually, I just put this in my hand to make myself look professional. But, like, it means it's nothing. But yep. there's actually like a fucking like they give these out at the games. It's like the matchups. Nice, that's sick. So it's like they're called game notes. They're like it's for the journalists who are there, like media. They're just like, oh, that's sick. And it's it's basically like a bunch of information. It's like a fucking thick ass packet. 
usually while they give you a free meal while you're there and a free like mm. dessert so while i'm eating mm. i read this bad boy cover to cover nice yeah pretty boring shit but either way guys i actually got in trouble i didn't go to the press conference and no one else went to the press conference so our professor you know he was like why do four of you have credentials and no one showed up to the press conference and i was just like my camp, both of my batteries were. I actually haven't responded to the email, but both of my batteries were dead. So I just, I audibled it and just didn't go. Nice. Yeah, I know. All right. Let's hit it. I hope you guys did enjoy today. Take care. Be a friend and tell a friend. We just hit a thousand. We're on the way to 10,000 now. Nice. Bye, buddy. Cheers. I'll see you tomorrow. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao. Au revoir. Goodbye, Madame and Monsieur, Madame as well, Madame as well, and Monsieur.